Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Kent Seymour and Richard Geiger. Yeah, yeah. Back together again yes. in the not-car studio. <laughs> it's excellent to be in a more warm environment. Warm both with the temperature and with the camaraderie that we experience in such a, a very, very close proximity. <laughs> You're right there. I yeah. see you. Speaking of uh, camaraderie, I'm truly excited. We are having a guest that we haven't talked to in four years. It doesn't Oof, seem yeah. like it's been four years, but we absolutely love our favorite, favorite, favorite thing to do is to talk to independent comic book creators. We we want to welcome you back with the widest of arms, Mr. John Parrish. Welcome. Oh. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> Good to be back. I because I, I listened to the last one uh, before, like yesterday or today, and I just remember, like, I realized the. I think I did it on my phone, so I was like, I made sure to have the mic so it'd be a lot clearer because I was listening. I was like, oh man, I, I probably helped. I, I think I didn't have. I had only just gotten a smartphone that year. Oh. I had never had a smartphone, so I was probably holding it like all sorts of off. So. Hey, we're we're moving up. That's that's the idea. We're <clears throat> we're in, improving our our areas. We're improving our equipment, and hopefully improving our technique. I, I don't know if I can do technically the last one. We'll see what other people say. Well, I think we've gone through probably three, four different microphones, um, different recording, yeah, like materials. So uh, everybody's been changing. Yeah. Now, what I would really like to do first for our listeners who the ones that were not uh, lucky enough to hear our previous episode with you, I was hoping that you could give us just a little overview of this comic book that you created and that everyone should definitely read. Okay, um, the comic that I've done that came out, it came out last year. It's called Mega Centurions. It is a I guess I could say sci-fi drama, and it's basically follows three young Power Rangers-esque heroes that essentially save the world from an alien invasion, but then everything goes wrong, and we jump ahead and find them working these, like, menial jobs and kind of frustrated with their place in life, and it's just about them dealing with that, but also a figure from their past showing up and them trying to deal with that as well, Um, and it when I first, when we first did the interview, I was self-publishing and uh, it got picked up by Scout 2021 and it came out this year and the fifth issue just dropped, well, not just, but it jo- dropped in November. So the whole series is out in the world. So I kind of wanted to know about that. When you're, when you're trying to get everything to work, trying to get everything together and you know, you're, you're when you're self-publishing, that's that's a rough mountain to climb to try and get mm-hmm. get the pieces together. How do you go from that to actually getting a publisher to pick you up? Say, hey, I I believe in your story, and I think that uh, we will definitely be able to help you take it to the next step. I think one thing that helped because this is the second book I've done that's been picked up by a publisher. I think one thing that helps is that it's fairly well into production. Um, And I mean, that's not the be all end all, but I think Mega Centurions, I think the fifth issue, we were well into the fifth issue when I took it, I submitted it to Scout. Um, Because originally I was intending to just do Kickstarter. I was just going to go the Kickstarter route. 
Um, and then the letterer uh, on the book, his name's Christian Dokolomansky. He had done some work with Scout. And I think like once or twice, he'd been like, hey, you know, you should, you should give, you should send this to Scout. I think they'd like it. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe. But I kind of had my, my goal. Um, and then I think maybe when he asked, it was probably, probably like 2019. It was pre-2020, I think. And then after we finally got the whole thing done, I was like, okay, well, let me give it a shot. I'll take it to them. I'll, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, if they say yes, that's great. If they don't, I still can take it to Kickstarter. I can still do crowdfunding. I can still self-publish it. Um, and they said, yeah, they, they, they liked it. They, it was really, I know that the quality of the books are professional level because I work with really talented people. I have a talented artist. I have a talented colorist. I have a talented letterer and the editor that I've worked with, I've worked with for over 10 years. Actually, most of the people that are on Mega Centurions are people that worked with me on the first book on Secrets and Shadows. So I've known all of them for 10 years. So we've all grown and evolved in our, you know, like Dexter's art is just like, you know, he's always improving by leaps and bounds. So I, I knew that the quality of the work was going to be strong, but, you know, you never know, you know, it might be a really strong thing, but it might not be the right time. So I think it just happened to be the right time or they looked at it and were like, yeah, we have a space for this. So speaking of right time and, and timing, mm -hmm. And we had discussed a little bit before we kind of got on here, too. We chatted with you in 2019. Uh, big <laughs> things happened in 2020. Right? Yes. And you yes. talked about, you know, 2021 kind of getting the things in, in more in motion. So what was that time period like for you uh, from last we spoke to mm -hmm. navigating that world where so many things became more complicated people shopping habits became different money became yeah. different you know tell yeah. me a little bit how that influenced your production of these these five items that you have out um i think you know because i think it, it the book was just it took a little bit long i think well one yeah it added time to the production like most definitely and then there was just a lot of adjustments and things you know, people on my team are going through too. And not with it, not getting, I don't want to get into other people's like, not business, but into what other people were going through. But like, you know, some people on the team had like really rough stuff happen in 2020. So that took precedent. And I think one thing was that right around 20, like in 2019, maybe it might've even been after our interview, I had started taking a screenwriting class at Second City. Nice. I, I tried it for like, uh, I, I just, cause I just hadn't, I wanted to try it, you know, just why not? Nothing, you know, nothing lost or gained. Yeah. And it was just a way to expand my horizon. So for a minute, uh, I had actually gotten, after the class, I'd gotten a email that was like, oh, we'd love to have you come to the film program and this and that. And so, there was a brief period where I was like, well, maybe I'll set Mega Centurions aside so I can go do this program, but the program wouldn't have started until fall 2020 uh, or like, like late summer, fall 2020. So 
And once I kind of had a feeling of, okay, I'm not, I'm not risking it, or I'm not going to hop on. Cause I, I would have had to take the South shore. I'm like, I'm not getting on a train. I'm not doing this is just not right right now, especially in 2020 in the midst of everything. I was like, you know what? It would have been nice, but let me just finish what I started. And so we just picked right back up. Um, and once everybody was kind of in a good space to finish, you know, we just kind of plugged on, plugged on. And I think, like I said, it, we kind of had a good momentum going. So even though we stopped, we had enough done that when we picked back up, we could finish it up. And then they yeah, had like 2021 half, by the end of 2020, we were done or close to done by 2021. That's when we reached out to scout. The time, my timeline may be iffy. My memory's a bit hazy for those years. <laughs> what does they, time they mean of, anymore? Yeah, they all kind of melded together. But yeah, like right around, but 2020, I think maybe 2020, the end of 2020 was when we reached out. And then there, issue five was done. We had to redo some stuff in issue four. So that took time. But then by around, by the end of 2021, we knew. By the end of 2021, everything was pretty much done. There was some stuff that had to be redone. They had some editorial notes we needed to go on back and things we needed to fix. But, you know, it, it really just kind of, it took a little longer. And it I do think in some ways, it kind of having that time made me reevaluate the story in some ways and kind of change some things and figure some things out. Um, so I don't know, it's, I guess that's probably not the, I don't know how to completely answer, but it, it, it took a little bit longer, but in that time there were things we got to change and things we got to like fix. I think the book is stronger for it. Well, I know that a lot of writers have that instinct to constantly want to just fine tune Mm -hmm. what they've created even after it's completely done they're, they'll they'll mm -hmm. second guess or or just they say i really should have i really should have this one little beat there that i didn't have before oh yeah but that's that you know just talking about giving uh passing on that opportunity with uh, second city that's that is uh that's an organization with a lot of history a lot of legacy so that, that mm -hmm. that's a that's a big that must have been a big decision. I I don't know if I could have made the same <laughs> same one I did frozen in the headlights. Yeah, it, it was a big like in the moment because I just I kind of got it like out of nowhere because I'd taken the class. I enjoyed it. I learned stuff and I I do better because I had all these books on screenwriting, but I just couldn't figure it out. I, I do better if I sit down and like someone can show me or I have something to work with. So in the class, once they showed me, I was like, oh, I, okay, this is, okay, now I understand this. And like, it helped a lot, um, but it wasn't something I was even like really considering, but once the possibility and the, the you know, the, the teacher, the instructor, whatever, it was like, hey, you know, I think he'd really like this. And they were like, oh, your, your instructor said you'd probably fit in. I was like, oh, well, maybe, I don't know. And then I was like, well, let me give it a shot. But, you know, time, things work out and, you know, things happen, you know, 2020 happened and it's okay because like, even it's not cheap. It wouldn't have been a cheap no. thing. So 
that might've been a struggle too. So it might've been one of those things that if I had done that, I wouldn't have finished Mega Centurions yeah. or I wouldn't have finished Mega Centurions for a long time. So it wouldn't have been, rather than us sitting here in 2023, we might not have been, this might've been a thing like, hey, it's like 2026 or something. <laughs> so it, it's okay. Like I I, I kind of had to like look and go, okay, you know, I want to finish, you know, this is this was cool and I'm glad and it was would have been it might have been a big opportunity, but let me finish this thing I've I've been working on now because it's the it seems like the better thing and the thing I I can I should just finish what I started. Yeah. Now, for our listeners, if everybody's not exactly familiar, so mm-hmm. you're in Northwest Indiana. Yes. Um, Second City is in Chicago, and the history on that yes. is just like just go watch SNL, right? Like so, mm-hmm. a lot of alumni from second city Mm -hmm. have ended up in there in some form or fashion. Um, and then you talk about getting on the South shore. There's a lot of people that live in Northwest Indiana and commute into Chicago for work. So like you're in a good area to Mm -hmm. do a lot of things. So if people Mm -hmm. listening to this aren't quite familiar with that area, um, you know, and we, we always like to talk about this and we probably have in the past too, but like, that's a good area to, be distributing your material. So, yes. so tell me about what direction or influence being where you're at right now has kind of helped you to, to get your material out there into more faces. I'd say on the whole, I think it's been really helpful and it's like, you can just go to, you know, like C2E2 is a massive show. Like you can just go to C2E2 Um I don't think that the South Shore doesn't stop at McCormick. I wish it did, but you know, that would probably make things easier. But like, you know, I can hop on the, I can get in my car and drive up and like half an hour go do C2E2. You know, if I take the South Shore, I can go to stores in the loop, like comic shops in the loop, or I can go to different places. Um I in the past few years, I haven't because I haven't really been getting into the city as frequently like I just was being really cautious really careful with everything um but that's something I'd like to improve with like you know the coming years but yeah no it but it really is a good spot to be in because it's like you get to meet so many creators from so many different spaces so you do meet creators from Chicago or you meet creators from you know northwest Indiana so you meet creators from Gary or you meet uh creators from like I don't know, like even like as like like somewhere like maybe a little bit farther out, like Valparaiso or something. But it's like so much, so much seems to like concentrate in this area. So it's like you can network and you can meet people and you can kind of get a good, I don't know what the word is, like like a good cross section of everything. I think, but um, I don't know. I, I I think like the just because of the past few years, like twenty twenty and stuff, I haven't been as good as like getting out as I would have been maybe like 2019 prior, but it is a good spot. And hopefully as things like are opened up and I feel more like comfortable going into larger crowds and spaces and stuff, I can really just like start tackling stuff again. It just kind of took, like I said, everything got put on hold for a while, you know? Well, I, I think most people with, you know, empathy and a basic understanding of biology have been a little a little mm. cautious let us say yes. <laughs> in, yeah. in going to that point but it's it's in a way it's 
is almost like um, discovering something new again. We're going to get the chance to to be in those places with the people that we that we admire the work of and that or that we want to be able to share what we've created with. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have when you brought this up. The first thing I thought of was something that I always ask anybody in any industry when you, when you're doing something that's creative. I feel it's a little <laughs> different than like if you're uh, um, in, in other types of jobs. You're you're creating something. But you're not detached in the same kind of way usually. You have a great love for mm-hmm. what it is, the industry that you're in. So that mm-hmm. can sometimes create a, a certain, let us say, um, starry-eyed response if you can run into certain people who you've found their work to have a, a profound impact on you in the past. Have you run into anybody where you've just been in that position to almost kind of want to mark out and it's like, I really liked your inking. It's been it's been wonderful. Yeah, like I've almost done on more occasions than I can count. I feel like I'm pretty like grounded, and I'm pretty. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say like. I don't know. I'm. I, I haven't in a long time. Like I think when I first when I didn't re- before I had been really making comics. I think when I was in college, I did meet a web comic creator whose work I really liked. Um, I went to like, I think I went to Gen Con and it was like my first real convention. Like I had never been to a convention before. What I think one of my friends, he took me cause he was like, oh, you know, there'll be some comic stuff there too. And so we went and I remember like, I was really just nervous and I was just like, uh, 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 you know, oh, I really read your, I read your web comic every day. Uh, and it was cool, <laughs> but I don't, I don't feel like I'm that I don't get that story, but I, I think it depends. Like, I feel like maybe if I meet somebody like, just like, I don't know. I don't know who it, I, I, I couldn't tell you someone that if I met them, I'd freak out. I would, I would, I think I'd only know once I saw them, like it would be a thing where in that moment I'd be speechless or I'd start just being like, you know, but I don't think, I don't think in my brain right now, I feel like if I saw like people, I just kind of be like, Oh, cool. Because sometimes like when you work conventions, like when I did C2E2, I'd see like people and I'd see like, you know, like if I saw like Phil Lamar or somebody and you know, yeah. like, oh, that was Static Shock. That's Green Lantern, you know, even mm-hmm. Mad TV. It's like my tendency is to just be like, okay, be cool. And just kind of see him and just be like. <laughs> do do the, head, just, the head nod? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just go. How's it going? You know. Have you, yeah. have you had one of those yet, Richard, where you, you, you met uh, one of your industry favorites and just kind of wilted? No. I, I I think for me, if I were casually strolling around the, uh, the pier, the fishing pier in California, and Les Claypool walked past me, I'd have to just, like, you know, clean up my pants because I <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd be like, okay, and, and the thought process on somebody that's like one of your just favorites is like, they're humans too, and people <clears> talk <throat> to them all the time. It's like if I go and say something to them, like, man, you're my favorite. Like, does that are are they the type of people like, oh man, I really appreciate you? Or it's like, oh, that's another one, you know, like, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> what 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 I do in that situation if that person was just casually. Strolling around, and I just happen to be in the same place in the same area because 
I feel like if I saw him, I would recognize him instantly. But I also feel like a lot of other people wouldn't. So it would be one of those situations where I'd actually have an opportunity to be like, can I get a picture, man? And he'd be like, yeah, cool. It's all in my dreams, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a normal reaction to have, I feel, for a lot yeah. of people, though, too, just because, um, I mean, at least for me, I'm, I'm, I just absolutely, well, I love the stories that people mm-hmm. tell. Everybody is a part of, of the storytelling uh, experience. And uh, I haven't had a point where I've done that yet, but I got real close. Mm-hmm. I was in um, Ohio uh, last year, and I had a chance to um, I had a chance to meet Mark Shepard, who okay. is one of my absolute favorite actors. And while I didn't wilt, he was being funny for a moment, and all of my wit left me completely and i just had no responses it's just like yeah he he thinks i'm an idiot now i'm i'm just gonna step away i mean what are you gonna do <laughs> a picture though didn't you uh no no oh, no. no i mm. see in those kinds of events the, the, many of the celebrities are so incredibly busy that I'm not going to try and press anything like that yeah. at that time. Plus, they're you know they're there to earn a living too, right? So those pictures might cost you twenty, thirty, fifty dollars right. too. Mm-hmm. And I have limited funds, uh, so I I chose the in that one. It's like if I if I'm going to spend money, I spend it on meeting Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was that was that was the direction to go there, but. Uh, yeah, so now I have a signed copy of Dogma that uh, you oh. can't get anymore. So yeah, precious. No, that's combustion. awesome. Absolutely. So okay, I'm getting back to the, I, I got distracted. That's one of my favorite conversations to talk about mm-hmm. about anything. But yeah. so one of the things I don't think I asked the last time that you were on that okay. I kind of wondered is, you know, a lot of times when you're writing a book, a, a comic book, you have the whole story in your mind. You've got where you want it to go, how you want it tonally to be, how you want the impression, how you want it to kind of unfold over time. Uh, when you're you, when you're writing just a normal book, it's just words, but mm-hmm. with the comic, you're in this cooperative venture with the artists and the other people that are making it become uh well come alive. Mm-hmm. So, when you were imagining visually this story, how I mean, you, you mentioned that the artist is is really very good. So this is this is just more. How did you imagine it in terms of existing artists before you met this other guy? It's like you know, if I was going to have some artist like oh Jay Lee, I'm imagining this in Jay Lee's style or whatever. Mm-hmm. How did you imagine that coming out? For Mega Centurion specifically, or just yes. in yes. oh for Mega Centurions, I think I think I had some artists that like I'd worked with um that I had in mind but I think Dexter was always like pretty close to the top you know if he wasn't the top guy he was in there so like but I knew it was for the style of the book that he was versatile enough to do you know just two people sitting in a room or you know two people fighting or a giant mech like he could do a he had enough variety so I, it's like, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to visualize it or try to have anything too ridiculous, like anything too, like, you know, like, 
labor intensive, like that's going to like just take like days to draw or something like that, or like something like crazy intricate. But I kind of knew the things that I liked seeing him do and the things I thought he was really good at. And so when I like visualized it, I always knew the story was going to be more grounded than fantastic, like because it's going to take place and, you know, with them post heroics. So there would be some stuff with them like during flashbacks, but a lot of it was just getting the emotion, getting the just the tone, getting the them sitting around and things like that. So it's like I I kind of visualized a lot of that. And like I said, Dexter was, you know, hit it pretty, you know, pretty close to as close as someone can without literally looking into my brain, like <laughs> did pretty well. Um, but yeah, usually I can kind of if I kind of know the person I'm working with, I can kind of visualize it pretty closer, like at least that I can match it up to their style and know like what works for them and what doesn't. So I try to keep that in mind. Now, in terms of the in terms of the story, mm-hmm. um, I think the the concept of if you are a hero, if you have powers, if you're not have powers, if you whatever, mm-hmm. but the fact that you are a person and you have to earn a wage and you have to provide for yourself mm-hmm. is. I feel, I don't know if you'd call that maybe a newer concept, but I feel like we've seen more of that come come to light because it's always like, I saved the day or I smashed this building. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that you have people that can not function because they can't buy food or, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've seen that a little bit more, let's say, in even presented on TV. You see some of that. Uh, obviously buried in other things in shows like uh, The Boys. Yeah. Uh, y- you see some of it in, like, uh, Hawkeye, the TV yeah. series, for example. I always thought that delving into that kind of, re- let's call it real-world attitudes in a bigger-than-real-world life is, like, mm-hmm. such a great different perspective. Yeah. Um, you know... Where did your perspective come from for your creation of this story? I think just with this story, I kind of, because I draw parallels between this and the first comic, uh, Secrets and Shadows, where it's like, it's very, sub. both of them are very subdued with like fantastic elements in the background. So with Secrets and Shadows, it was a lot of superhero stuff going on. And there was like, things happening, but you had to deal with like, you know, like the main character, Joseph, and like his relationship with his father, and like the business workings and the shadiness going on with the company. And, you know, like Joseph works as a dishwasher, but his dad was like, basically the city Superman and stuff like that. I always kind of like putting the putting the putting the realistic or like the more grounded stuff at the forefront. I think I like Because sometimes, like, I read a lot of manga, and that was one thing I liked in certain manga where it would be like, okay, there's this alien invasion, or there's this thing happening, like, in the background. Like, a lot of Gundam. Like, I used to watch a lot of Gundam. So it's like, in the background, there's, like, this massive war with giant mechs, but it's also about this guy and this girl, or this guy and his brother, or this thing. I always kind of, I always like that kind of interplay, or how that, you know, it's like, 
okay, this stuff's happening in the background, but the focus is very grounded in reality and very relatable. And so I think with Mega Centurions, it started off as a joke because originally the joke was, I was like, well, how the hell did the Power Rangers graduate when they're always leaving class? They're always leaving school. They're always <laughs> leaving all of these events that they have to be at to go fight Rita and Zed. I'm like, they would never graduate high school. Yeah. And like, it started out kind of as a joke and it was going to be like this more jokey haha thing. Um, and then like, you know, real life kind of happened and you had like, the past however many years as I was making it, it was like, oh man, life is like not as funny and it's not as humorous. And then I started thinking about like my own stuff of like, well, I did everything I was supposed to do, like in terms of like my job and things like this, but then things didn't work out. Like I did everything I was supposed to do, but I feel like I'm somehow worse off in this situation or I helped all these people, but I'm worse off. And maybe I should tap into this and then like touch on that. And so I use this to kind of touch on that where it's like these kids, they did what they were supposed to do. They saved the day, they saved all these people, they fought the bad guy, they did everything, but at the cost of going to class, at the cost of their relationships with their friends and families and like where they are now is like, oh, they're working these dead end jobs and they're in a new city or they're by the, you know, they're just like really struggling. Um, but I feel like that's very relatable. My brother, uh, he was in grad school and I had showed him this and he was like, you know, this kind of, I feel like this is something that a lot of people like maybe coming out of school or coming out of college or in maybe grad school or higher ed might relate to where it's like, you're doing the things you're told you're supposed to do, but things aren't working out. So it's like, it hits a very real note with people. Like I know the first issue is very, the first issue is very heavy, but it's very heavy for a reason, because I want you to feel just how rough they are, go, how rough it was for them. And I feel like it's very relatable to be like, I did everything I was supposed to do and I did the right thing, but now I'm struggling when I didn't, you know, it's like, it's not fair. And, and so I, it kind of was me working through my own stuff too. Um, and I think, you know, it's, which is kind of like one of the things about my writing, I'm usually working through something. It helps me work through certain things or figure out things or just address things I'm dealing with. So I think that was a bit, of, it was a little bit of all of that together. I think that uh, that most of the, the authors that I've always liked are, are like that. <laughs> You're always going to pour <clears throat> yourself into your yeah. work. I mean, you see that even even for the ones that are not necessarily creating the story. If you're looking at a television show or, or a movie, mm -hmm. the actors are always going to bring themselves into whatever mm -hmm. role, no matter how method you think you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, uh, we were talking about this uh, uh, watching the, the, the Willow show that came mm -hmm. out. It's like Christian Slater makes an appearance. Well, Christian Slater in movies mm -hmm. is Christian Slater. <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's always Christian Slater. It's never yes. going to change, and that's okay because mm -hmm. I like Christian Slater. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. now I've uh, achieved my bet of saying that name the the recommended number of times in this episode. And uh, he's Christian Slater in Robin Hood Men in Tights. That's right. mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so, talking about this this dealing with your dealing with your story, kind of having elements of your real life in it, having this fantastical setting with a mm -hmm. real world impact. How do you deal 
with balancing the story, hooking the reader in. So that I mean, because mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's the shiny toy that brings us to look at the book in mm-hmm. the first place. How do you how do you have that balance to have enough of the shiny toy to get them to get to the meat of the story? Uh, I think. I mean, the rule, I think the rule is you have to like have whatever interesting thing you kind of have to have it in like the first four or five pages. So it's like you have to hook them in like the first four or five pages. Um, so for, I mean, like with Mega Centurions, I was hoping like, look, this big, massive mech battle, it's the final battle. You start with the big climactic battle and then you pivot into, oh, wait, she's a waitress now. What happened? Why is she a waitress now? What's going on? And then, you know, like kind of lead you through it and you kind of get to see like, oh, wait, maybe they lost or maybe so. And then you just slowly go through and like, you know, like once you get people with that, like, you know, you can end it with a cliffhanger. Like, I mean, Mega Centurions 1 ends with like a cliffhanger. It has the big cliffhanger, but it's like you you really have to hook them. And I I'd like to think that the best thing to do is like, yeah, it's like kind of show the, for Mega Centurions, I wanted to show like the the flashback of like their more bright and shiny past and then show that with their muted future and like make people wonder, well, what happened or what's going on or, you know, and then hopefully by the time they get to like, you know, like when, you know, it's like Cassidy and Reggie, they're like talking about their, you know, and Cassie, Cassidy's really frustrated. Maybe they go, okay, well, you know, what's going on and where's the other guy? And then slowly but surely, like, you know, later on they can like find out as they go through each issue. But it's but it is hard because you don't necessarily know what would hook you if it's gonna hook right. everybody else, you know. But I always, yeah, like I said, I try to give them something interesting in the first five pages. Feed them some little niblets up front. Mm-hmm. Um in you know, one thing that just kind of popped in my head is just to briefly, you know, what we were talking about before in terms of the distribution. Um, one follow-up I wanted to have, cause it, it just kind of was thinking of it. Y- you have it out in a few places. Is there a mm-hmm. place where you saw your work and you're like, uh, and that's it right there. Like, like <laughs> you went into a store, you went into a shop, you went into wherever and you're like, I made it. That that's, that's my stuff right there like and and it was like it was that moment of maybe accomplishment maybe of of just like excitement both all the above (laughs) it was was there one was there a place a specific place that was like that uh well i I, there was a very interesting moment it wasn't it wasn't a physical place i was in but I was watching, uh, there was like a Twitter, was it Twitter? It might've been Twitter where the, and I'm going to mess up the name, the artist on Smirko, Mirko, she, she's an Italian artist, I think. And she does like, she did like the book called Unnatural. Oh. And I think it's uh paprika, sweet paprika or something, but she had a, TikTok or something, a video of her. I think she was, I think it might've been like, she was here for something in Chicago. And so she went to like her video and she did a like a zoom on her book on the shelf, but the book above it 
was the first issue of Mega Centurions. So that was pretty cool because I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting to see like my book just like show up in this video. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, to see this video that like this artist, this big artist that's at like, you know, like Dark Horse and Image and done all these like variant covers and things that I follow, you know, has a video and then I see it in the store. And it might, I, th I think it was in, I think it was in, like maybe graham crackers it might have been in the graham crack was it graham crackers is that what it's called or graham i'm it's going on... to i'm going to not know the answer to that. yeah <laughs> okay well yeah but it's like uh it's a there's a there's one it's it's in the loop and so i think it was that shop and i used to go to that shop all the time when i would go into the city so if it was that shop like that's cool but like i'd seen it i'd seen people take pictures of it or seen pictures of people you know like oh man i got it here and they had it in different states that like i've never been to so like that sort of stuff is cool or if it's like you know someone in another country like or they're in canada or something like that sort of stuff that really gets me um just like when other people just like take pictures of it I think that gets me more like if someone's like I bought it and I really liked it or hey this was really good if they tag me or even if I just randomly stumble across it I always just think it's great to see it in the wild somewhere that maybe I wouldn't myself be able to physically get to like okay this has gone beyond me right if that makes sense yeah absolutely now are you going to be um going past issue five is that the end he says that he says a cliffhanger that at oh, the well, I meant like issue one. Oh, oh okay, okay. Like okay. issue five is pretty like if I want if I, we have to see if if it was like there was an interest for for it to go further, then I have in mind like, OK, we can do more. Um, but if not, if like, you know, cause it's the comic book industry, I'm right. not naive into how these things work. If that's where it would end, it is a still what I think to be a very satisfactory ending and a very good ending for the story. And it brings it to a very good conclusion to the, like my brother's very like intellectual. He'd say the, the, the question, the thesis that with the question that was presented at the end, it kind of ties into that and it brings it together. Um, I, like I said, I have ideas. So if people wanted more, they were like, hey, I'd like to see what these characters do beyond this, what happens next, that I, I can make that happen. But if this is where it ends, I'm very much happy and content with that and proud of the book as it is. Uh, that's just my crass consumer coming forward because, you know, it's the, it's the always wanting more in me. <laughs> no, it's understandable, yes. So you, so you have more of that do you have more of other things as well i ha i have so many things i want to do and that's like the hard thing is you have so many ideas or so many things you've started and it's like okay well what do i do next or where do i go next because if i start this this is going to take time and money away from doing this right and so there's there's like the balance of okay what do i want to do next and how can i do this in a way that it doesn't take like mega centurions took roughly six years give or take which was probably the longest it's probably the longest the book has taken for me because usually it's like through maybe three or four years so it was like two extra years just because of everything 
But, you know, if I do something else, maybe it'll be more compact. Maybe I'll make a shorter story. Maybe I'll make a one shot. You know, I have things that it's like, okay, I think after Mega Centurions, which is like, like I said, it was a large, it's a mini series. It's pretty big. I'll probably do like a one shot. I'll do a couple smaller, shorter stories. I think that's what I'm leaning towards because I think that's what I usually did. I think that's what I did after Clusterfuck. I did a couple shorts and things. So I think that's, I think that's what I want to do. I have, a, and I have things here and there, like a couple scripts finished. They just haven't been like, I haven't taken them to like the editor. I haven't like really, I've, I, know, I go back and like tinker with them, but I haven't really like got the process started. Cause once I start, mm. I can't, you know, I gotta, I gotta see it through. So it's like, but I do have ideas. I, I really want to do another clusterfuck. I, I really do. Like, I think that was probably a book I feel like is, while not the most easily marketable book, maybe not the most accessible book. It probably was a book I'd say was the most me hmm. in terms of my, just who I am and my personality and like just the sort of stuff I like to do. So at some point I'd like to go back to that. Um, then, then I have like one fantasy story I want to do. Cause I, I, I tend to do stuff in the sense of I've never done this before. And I'd like to do this. So like Mega Centurions, I was like, okay, I have, I've done superheroes, but I haven't really done anything sci-fi, which is crazy because I, I've, so many of my early stuff before I wrote comics, like before I started making comics were very sci-fi and very sci-fi heavy, but I never did anything with a sci-fi influence, even minor. So I was like, let me do something science with some science fiction in it. And then I want to do something with fantasy. So I think my next big project would probably be uh, this fantasy project I have in mind. I just have to get it all nailed down. Now, does that mean you're going to be taking some trips to some conventions this year, too, to kind of show everybody that, hey, Mega Centurions is out and we've got some other stuff that's cool? Where are you going to make yourself known this year? Well, I have to see because like I was hoping, but I, I like I messed up the timing so much because I <laughs> over, I just completely because I missed NWI con like my brain just was not thinking. So by the time I was like, it's time like, let me go check NWI con. like the registration was already over. Oh, so like no. that's I'll probably go. I'll probably still go because just I haven't been, you know, that was the I think that might have been the last show. No, C2E2 was the last show I did in 2019, but I didn't do nwi 2020 so i was like okay i haven't done nwi for and i at least want to go and it's back i think it's back at st george's hall this year because it was somewhere else last year wasn't it i i think that sounds right we've we've been ourselves been very having to be very picky about which shows to go to just mm -hmm. because of you know yeah you know the plague and everything yeah. <laughs> so yeah so i i so i at least want to go so i at least Barring anything happening or any car troubles or any, you know, you know, anything, I will likely be at NWICon. I just won't be tabling. Now, when it comes to tabling and doing shows, like, I have to see. Because it's like I said, like, my car is getting up there. It's, like, old enough to vote and drink. <laughs> um <laughs> So I have to see like that sort of stuff because I think that was one of the things last year. My car just had a crazy leak and I had to drop like crazy money to get it fixed because um, it just, 
I had put half a tank in it and then suddenly I didn't have half a tank in it anymore. Oh, so no. it's one of those kind of, you know, had to get it towed, had to do. So it's like, it's, it's the balancing everything out. But if, if everything goes according to plan, I would like to do some shows at least in the area, at least if they're closer shows in Indiana or like in the close within the hour drive area or two hour drive area, I would like to go to some shows, but I have to see because it's been like 2022 was a year yes, for it me. Was. Like, yeah. So uh, we'll see. I'll go, I'll go um, away from the comics and the writing here and, mm. uh, and I'll go to something that has, I guess some impact on what we talk about here also. Uh, mm-hmm. You had mentioned you're heavy into sci-fi. Everybody's mm-hmm. got their favorite sci-fi shows and movies and all those things with so much content that's able to be consumed now. Mm-hmm. Is there a favorite sci-fi thing, show, mm-hmm. movie, whatever, that you have seen in the last couple years? Um, just like just sci-fi related. Just sci-fi related. Oh, well, let's see. My brain is going to like immediately just like, as soon as I was like, whatever it is, it's probably going to be gone. Like as soon as I go, oh, mm-hmm. it'll just disappear. Um, let's see. Like I said, I've I watch a lot of I've been watching a lot of anime. Um, I watched the new Gundam, which for Mercury, it's cute, you know, and it's like it's robots and mechs and stuff. So like I, I like Gundam. So I, I thought it was pretty. It was a nice little twist on the story. Um, I'm trying to think what I've seen. Um because I haven't, I've been, because the, the, the crazy thing is like, because I was talking about fantasy, I've been on a real fantasy kick. So I've just been reading a lot of fantasy and seeing a lot of fantasy stuff. So like that kind of, actually something sci-fi I've watched, it's not necessarily a show, but I was watching, um, I think it was last year. Uh, do you know uh, Dimension 20? They do like, they do like tabletop RPG, kind of like, type of thing it's like like uh because it's like dropout like oh college humor kind of people Ah, okay so it's like so they had a thing for uh was it uh starstruck odyssey uh because there's a book it was a comic called was it starstruck or was it but the guy who does it his name's brendan lee mulligan and his mother wrote the comic or wrote the book for this the sci-fi book i can't and my brain just can't tell you what it is i think it's starstruck but but like they they did a they basically turned it into a a tabletop rpg and so they did like a series of that and i thought that was really interesting because it's a really interesting world and it was really cool that you know this guy did something like took something his mom created or co-created and like fleshed out the world and used this world and they like you know basically did a whole like series so it's like very you know critical role that kind of thing so i watched that and that was really interesting and funny and you know very unique so i liked that because that was something you know i wasn't expecting and i was just like oh let me give it a look i've been watching something very science fiction recently uh Mm -hmm. there's a uh series of youtube videos by a man named ennis and he tours Mm -hmm. exceptionally expensive houses that i will never be able to afford so it's mm-hmm. like watching science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, fantasy, okay. I guess you could say. Too. Yeah. 
we are going to walk in. This has a fire feature in front of each of the doors. And <laughs> inside we have the living wall that goes up to the third floor. Here's the elevator in the house. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much? A hundred and how much million? No. No. I'm probably not going <laughs> to. Yeah. No. That is very much fantasy for me. Yeah. Fantasy indeed. Yes. Yeah. Well, I I have to say I want to I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today and oh, no problem and to tell people about this comic because it really is exciting I'm I'm so ecstatic to actually see it in stores now and see it represented <laughs> because our local comic book shop here in Bloomington Indiana I feels like the lifeblood of the town and anytime I go into mm-hmm. a new town that's where I like to go first as weird as that is go to the local comic book shop. Yeah, and uh, I I have to say it's it like I said it's, it's fantastic to see that your work is now going to be seen by a larger audience. Oh yeah, are you still on the same handles to follow between Twitter and anywhere else? If people want to keep in contact, want to know what that next cool thing you're going to do is going to be. Yes, um, I think I I don't I don't have my Facebook page anymore. Like I, I just couldn't do Facebook, so I got off Facebook. But I'm at Twitter at the same, so it should still be John H. Parrish. Um, I have the same website, so uh, secretsandshadows.net. Um, I did start an Instagram uh, because people were saying because we all thought Twitter was going to just implode. And yeah. it's not, it's, it hasn't imploded. It's still slowly dying. Like it got bit yeah. by a zombie rather than a headshot. So it's slowly going <laughs> here and there. Things are working less and less, but I got an yeah. Instagram just in case. And I got like a couple things, but um, the main thing is like, yeah, like I got an Instagram. So that's John Parrish. I think it's John Parrish, 1985. And um, I think, uh, yeah, if you, but if you go to my website, I think I have at the top, it says where to find me. And it has like, it has like my link tree and everything like that. So Excellent. I have been trying to keep people informed and I'll try to keep people updated across all platforms as well as I can. It's definitely worth it. You got to check this guy's stuff out. It's, it's pretty, it's slick. It's got some really fun writing in it and uh, yeah, give it a chance and tell your friends about it. Yes, please do. All the friends. (laughs) (laughs) I have four people that I know. I will tell all four. (laughs) That's hey, that's that's as hey, as long as you tell four, people, I four more than know about it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. four more. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you again for coming on the show, man. Ah, uh, thanks for having me again. It was a great conversation. I enjoyed it. <laughs>